you either die as a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain. Should I do the music also? Like I didn't get it. Like, <laughs> like at, at what point were you going to take over? Like I didn't get it. No, no, the music is just bang. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of the Thigh Gap Podcast. This is season two. This is called The Bane of Christopher Nolan. Very happy to have you here. My name is Bogus Noog and I'm with my co-host. Being Brute. And we also have a special guest today. Put your hands together for McNulty. Hello, everyone. Hey. McNulty, welcome to the Tiger Podcast. Thank You're you one for the... the few chosen guys to participate along with us. You will be proud to know that you were picked up among three people to join this podcast. The other two participants were obviously Bogus Nook and Being Brewed. It's yeah. truly an honor, uh, the honor of my weekend to be here, present with you, doing this. Awesome. I can I can see how excited you are. Your cheeks are becoming red. I just kind of are peeing inside, but that's okay. Mm. Bogus, welcome back to the Thigh Gap Podcast to you too. I don't want you to be felt left out. Thanks, so, Brute. Uh, yeah. Smooth and calm on the surface, but uh, may- mischief and mayhem within McNulty. He's a right Irish prick. He loves his Jameson. And uh, he's always listened to our podcast and given us constructive feedback, unlike you other people. Uh, we're also up on socials. Uh, our, you can follow us on Instagram at underscore thigh gap, Twitter at thigh gap, and Facebook. Who cares? Uh, Who gives a fuck? Like fuck we have an email. You can just write uh, to us with any of your thoughts, Those, feedbacks, whatever bullshit. Uh, it's mindthigap at gmail.com. All right. Yeah, because we almost sound like we don't care about our audience. Almost, right? Yeah, almost. We're but just putting good it, job it's in a like show. Yeah, it we're just pretending. Yeah, 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 yeah. We are professionals. Yeah, and we are humility. It's the business so, of show. Yeah, exactly. But uh, thanks for almost sounding like we don't care about our audience. The bane of Christopher Nolan. Why? I'll give this opportunity to McNulty to explain why the bane of Christopher Nolan. Of course. Special McNulty, guest takes the honors. Uh, is, uh, I just wanted to let people know that you're a huge film buff and I've always have been. And uh, we couldn't have someone better to actually talk about this topic with us today. Yes, yes. In um, all the three applications, he was the best. He was the best. <laughs> he take was the away. best in explaining why he deserves this seat. Can't take it so much flattery at once, guys. Come on. Space it out. Um Bane of Nolan, I guess uh, it's obvious why he's arguably one of the greatest directors of all time. Um, I don't think anyone would balk at that um, comment, but I think there's not everything's like obviously perfect with his filmmaking. Um, There are certain aspects to his filmmaking that cause us to question if he is truly the greatest. Um, And so that, you know, uh, raises the question. Um, is he everything that he, we admire of him? Is he everything that we think he is, basically? And that's I guess, a fair point. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good starting point. But what I'm stuck at, 
is uh, and this is for for the open road, right? Like when he when McNulty when you mentioned that he's arguably one of the best. Who argued? I don't know. Like who are these people who argued? What if these guys who argued mm-hmm. were not movie buffs and they just argued and they're like, oh, we like the Nolan name, so let's make him the best, arguably. It could be. I mean, the posters are pretty big. Every time the movie comes out. Yeah, they're almost all IMAX. Yeah. So, I still don't get the logic. But, okay, arguably he's one of the best directors. That's I have my doubts on that. But, uh, Bogus, what do you think? Uh, I think the bane of Christopher Nolan, yeah, because conventionally he's praised to the roof. Some of it for good reason, of course. Mm-hmm. But then there's the other side where, uh, you know, there's a few things that always are at a tilt for some reason. And uh, I think he's just chasing at too many windmills at once. But, you know, we'll we'll get to this. But basically one of the greatest filmmakers, without a doubt. I have my doubts on that. Yeah, even even I have my doubts on that. Actually, <laughs> then, but, uh, then why are you saying without a doubt? Like when I mean, arguably, doubts. you know, arguably. Yeah, that's like, exactly. So we are going to be yeah, those three people. Uh-huh. who will argue right. and then come to an understanding of why Nolan is or is not the the greatest, one of the greatest movie directors. Yeah, I mean, out there in the world, all you hear is about the boon of Christopher Nolan. Oh, how awesome it is to have this director. Yeah. We're just going into the bin. Yeah, but I think it's phase-wise, right? I mean, not, not even phase-wise. Okay, so I'll just open the topic right now. Who? How do you benchmark a good director? Because, hey, McNulty, I'll start with you. What, yeah. Because you are a movie buff. That's what Bogus yeah. said. And Bogus lies a lot. So I can't believe him like, off the bat. <laughs> sure. so, so what makes a good director according to you? Who do you think? Like what is the output? You're, you're looking at the output, right? And yeah. then you're like, oh, this is what this is the output of a director. And that's why uh, the output is great on A, B, C, D things. Therefore, yeah. the director is great, right? right. So accord, let's first try to establish the fact that what makes a good director or what according to... As is a good director. Mm. McNally, um, oh, you want me to go shoot. first? Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't me, want to, but because you're here, <laughs> you know, okay. you as well. I might as well take this opportunity then. Um, so if, to me, like uh, any director who has a stamp on all aspects of filmmaking, generally um, we see them as auteurs. Auteurs are anyone that have a certain signature about the way of their style of filmmaking. So they generally right. have um, some kind of um, aspect to every department in, in, in the film, like whether it's director of photography, mm-hmm. screenwriting, directing, uh, sound design. They have their influence on all aspects, and that just comes through on screen. So mm. whenever there's a director out there that has his kind of specialized stamp, um, so to speak, then that's, that's right. um, a truly uh, um, you know, someone who stands apart. From the rest of the ilk to me. Yeah. So I'll ask you a question over there, right? Yeah. Uh, does this also include the kind of stories the directors choose to tell? Mm-hmm. Or do you think that plays a main part? Like, if you have to give a probability, like, this is the main part, this is what makes a good director. Like, say, for suppose, yeah. uh, uh, I'll take a very local example. Like, Rajmoli has a tendency of going. Or, you know, Sanjay Larger Lila. than life. Right, right. They have that larger than life picture. So they portray whatever story you give. Mm. Essentially, they make it larger than life. Right. 
so their stamp is making it larger than life more than the story aspect yeah. they can for all i know they might be doing the same story again and again in different ways yeah right so how much do you credit picking the right story is the most important thing the director has to do or do great directors pick great stories hmm. no i think it could be a simple story it's just like it could be uh it doesn't have to be non-linear like our great nolan guy it could be a very simple story um it actually goes back to one of the recommendations bogus made um that indian movie that indie film i think you introduced me to that one as well um manor manorama yes that one yeah Is that, that one. one oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. that was a fairly simple movie and like and you know simple um kind of obstacles that the the protagonist had to uh, come over but it it still had a beautiful way of uh you know a narration that went into it so it doesn't have to be like larger than life story or it doesn't have to be convoluted in any way it can be a simple story and uh, it could still be a great director making that movie in my opinion got it got yeah it. i think when you can see that the entire project when you feel that it was made by just one guy like mm-hmm. with his own hands yeah where like yeah. he said it's just mastery over uh, dop work and editing and everything just seamlessly comes together right but also like you said it is the core the story yeah uh, which really matters like if the story is not told in a way that we would enjoy as audience yeah then i mean i'm afraid that's one of the banes of nolan is what we're looking at where that core or the essence is kind of lost in the magnanimity it's though. just lost in physics and uh, vfx and not vfx but you know uh, sound like bleak, yeah like every time sound. i have to watch like a nolan movie I kind of go back to my science textbooks and kind of just see like what topic he's making a movie on and try to read up just so that I can get his movie at least on yeah. the second or third go or something like that. That's too much of work for the audience. It's like you're not yeah. just going to watch the movie, but you're going to do a master's course in like time yeah. traveling so yeah. that you can appreciate the movie. Like I think that's a lot to ask from an audience who at the end of the day are trying to wa- like pass their weekend, <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> like that that's one of the biggest things about Nolan the the pet peeves of Nolan movies for me yeah. is okay how much more should i study like i'm done it's 10 years since i've left my <laughs> education so how much more can yeah. i study about like, i'll give you an example okay so when i joined my 11th standard uh in one of the science uh, uh lessons i don't forgot it whether it was physics or whatever but basically this i think it was chemistry the guy was uh, talking about entropy and yeah. he started off by saying entropy is a very hard thing to define oh, and then God. he went ahead trying to define it and it was a bad attempt <laughs> so what we took away from that day was entropy is actually hard to define hard to define so <laughs> let's just uh, work it. with that concept let's just you know yeah yeah live yeah. with it sort of and now the opening yeah. of tenet is like uh what what is this bullet why is it going in reverse oh the entropy of things is backwards that's just one line you know it's just yeah. <laughs> I, th- i thought it was hard uh, to define hey no yeah. i didn't get entropy in itself <laughs> like so so this is almost like talking to you bogus in a way you no, keep throwing these heavy words which i don't get and you assume that oh Bo- brute gets it like he just used what is the word that you used chika sloki shishika i yeah, know exactly. so some word that exactly you used and i was like what does it mean <laughs> and by that time you were almost in like the fourth <laughs> sentence bypassing it as if like uh chikashlovishishika is uh, oh it's a russian latin term 
where the Russian, and then you go into the history of it. So you oh, know, he's got a thing for names. Watch it. That's for sure. Oh yeah, I, I love yeah. names. Yeah, he's got yeah. a thing for anything that is written in English and can be pronounced. <laughs> That's what he's got a thing for. But speaking of Russia, I know you guys have watched Tenet, right? Already? Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh my did. god. Speaking of Russia, Tenet starts off in Kiev, Ukraine, where there's a ballet performance going on yeah. in, a, in a theater. Yeah. And then flash boom, bam, like some uh, action sequence happens. Randomly Confusing. people decide like, this looks like a good spot. Let's start fighting, guys. That's it. And uh, <laughs> boom, boom. And we find that the hero is caught up in this action sequence, this huge confusing action sequence, which leads him back to a lighthouse. And then it, le- no, it leads him back to a the railway track. A, they take him to the railway track, track someplace. He goes in coma yeah. and then he's in a boat now. Yeah. And then he's told that uh, that's where we get to know he's maybe a part of so CIA. Bogus, we watched the movie. Why are you explaining it? No, I'm just you? trying to... This is like, starting are point. Are you trying to put right? us through that pain of not understanding the first 10 minutes? I'm just trying to give the impression like for a first time viewer. Yeah. You know, it's like, what am I looking at? I'm looking at this guy who now I learn that he's maybe part of the CIA. And then he's he says... I resign immediately. And then the guy says, you're not working for us anymore, but you have a bigger duty. Does that not mean that he's still working? No, it's not. It's, but anyways, so... I don't know. I can... You don't even want my opinion about that? Like, okay, fine. It's a rhetorical question. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's... This guy, he goes now to some lab where he figures out things are going in reverse. And... Uh, then he's like, he licks the bullet or something. I know where this came from. And then he goes to Bombay. Yeah. And he meets Dimple Kapadia. Yeah. Who gives him half information, which leads him to London, where he meets our Michael Caine. Yeah. So Michael Caine, uh, who basically is the, playing the role of that guy. Ever to, uh, what is that? Mind block. <laughs> that kind of director. <laughs> the dialogue. So basically he describes the villain. Uh, it's a big bad guy. You would pair with You're so bad with dialogues. To be a movie buff, you're horrible. <laughs> like I'm half a movie buff of yours, and I still remember a lot of lines better than you. So Mumbai, London, then something else happens. Then Shikoshim he goes back Shikesh again Shikesh to Mumbai Kiyam. to meet Dimple Kapadia. Then the, this is what is going on, like the initial part of the movie. So I think arguably we already decoded that <laughs> Nolan is not one of the best directors. <laughs> no, no, I, like, I, think uh, I think he, he does. Um, it's almost like an excuse to shoot, shoot at a nice location, right? Like I'll go to Estonia, I'll go to Mumbai, yeah. I'll, I'll walk on tall skyscrapers. But it's all within a beautiful premise that he does set up though. Mm. True, true, the premise is complicated for sure. And I think with Tenet, he just shot himself in the foot because it just took all the complications from all of his preceding movies and right. he didn't infuse it with any of the emotion that the previous movies had. Like, for example... Yeah, he just turned them up to 11, basically. Yeah, just like, I want to make a outlandish spy thriller. So I'm going to take mm. all concepts from all the movies that I made. Like, um, obviously, time dilation was one. Uh, going back yeah. through time, forward through time. I'm, I'm going to nitpick all of these things and I'm just going to make it devoid of emotion. Which was basically what Tenet felt like. Um, yeah, yeah. But right before Tenet, I was, he was like the top for me in my mind mm-hmm. because there's no one out there that can amalgamate like high concept movies as well as this guy does. And not mm-hmm. just like getting accolades from critics, but he's also having people throng the theaters, right? They like collectively, he's made like over $6 billion worldwide. Yeah. Um, effectively he's a billionaire for Hollywood, like he, you know, and 
It's right. not easy to combine high concepts with compelling action sequences, and also doing easy. it with <laughs> it's it's not doing it without CGI. Like he's more like native to the camera, right? Like logistically, yeah, he right. shoots it in a way that's so. Uh, but yeah, Tenant for me was like the arc of his career going downhill a little bit. It it definitely felt that way. But up until that okay. point, so, I was with him all the way. Yeah. Yeah. So that happens, right? I mean, yeah. there's a great saying in India: even Sachin gets out for a duck. So yeah, yeah, it I mean, can happen with one odd movie. Like what we're looking at is the overall, right? Like yeah. Nolan, in general, has made a lot of good movies. Like yeah. today, Ram Gopal Varma, if you look at him, who's one of the, I think, is one of my favorite directors. When Growing up, prime, yeah, yeah. Right. But then when you look at his overall number of movies that he made, because of the bad movies he's been making for the past. a decade or so yeah he is now there are questions being raised upon him saying that is ram gopal varma one of the greatest director but if you see the initial set of movies that he made they're like fucking brilliant movies right yeah. and with regard to what you said mcnulty uh, about how almost nolan kind of takes an excuse to shoot in exotic locations you should know that the movie was going down south when he associated bombay to an exotic location I think Nolan's first mistake mm-hmm. was somehow maybe he's watched wrong documentaries or travel logs. Mm-hmm. He's like, let's shoot in Bombay. It's an exotic <laughs> fucking destination, <laughs> and he comes here and he's just like buildings and people hey. spitting across his camera and all. So, so that's for the Western mistake. audience, it is exotic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> such an oversold concept like Bombay. Like, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> Like you have well, Google right now, you can. All he could have done is like exotic places in India, and Bombay wouldn't come in the top hundred places. Okay, let let me be honest. I can do that research right now and prove it to you. Okay, for a but guy he was scaling that. Who, he was scaling that house, right? Like that was like one of a kind. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It was that Ambani's house or something no, like that. No, uh, Ambani's no. house for some reason is never in a straight line. It's yeah. basically, yeah, it's a. Vertical jumble piece, but it's still forty like floors tall, right? Like it still oh, yeah, goes it is, vertically up. It, it doesn't spread. Uh, there there no, are a lot of spread, buildings yeah. in Bombay which are forty floors and taller. But yeah, but that's but that's like point. for condominiums. That's not for one person or family residing. Okay, what is a condominium? A uh, condo. It's that. What uh, is a condo? Oh, and flats like, like apartments. Flats. Oh, apartments. Why yeah, yeah. Why can't people speak simple English in Thai? Like Sorry. everybody who comes here suddenly starts throwing. That's a local words. language, bro. What do you want? Yeah. Fine. Anyway, so that is the first point. Like that's the first, you know, uh, weak link that I see uh-huh. in Tenet, and this is specifically to Tenet. I'm not talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But on a broader perspective, this is my question to you know both of you, and which is something that I feel because Nolan is so deep into you know the kind of story he wants to narrate, right. the kind of effects he wants to portray, the kind of things he wants to show through the narration. Does he shoot himself in the leg? by not allowing actors to perform to his fullest potential because the thing that i observed if mm. you look at a dicaprio mm. you look at a michael kane or you look at christian bale or everybody right the there's a very very small percentage of actors who actually go up and above of their performance and one of the few is heath ledger for joker mm-hmm. right and it's almost because of the character that mcconaughey for interstellar I didn't find yeah. McConaughey to he be great in Interstellar. Out. I've seen better <laughs> movies of Matthew McConaughey. You saw the shaking, crying scene. Like I was almost taken. I was like, no, don't, not this much. Like, yeah, it was I, a bit I, melodramatic I, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was just too no. melodramatic. And that is good acting to you. I mean, it's, the is not is what he's saying. 
but get the out. direction the get direction get out right now get out not necessary. wear your slippers on your head get out walk out of here <laughs> like that is not i've seen matthew mcconaughey matthew mcconaughey is a really good actor yeah and in the small the short span that he was there in the wolf of wall street mm. he killed it so mm. i'm saying so my point is shut okay. up my point is does nolan kill the scope of actors to no i don't do think so better because all these actors dicaprio michael kane Christian Bale, uh Hugh Jackman, uh I Morgan Freeman. Right. All of them, if you look at their best performances, none of them are there in Nolan movies. Their best performances came somewhere else. So that is what brings me to the point does Nolan negate that scope for good actors to actually like excel in the course of his storytelling. That's one of the doubts, that's one of the opinions that I always had. What do you think? That's what that's my opinion. Are oh you're asking him. Okay. Why do you feel that way though? Why do you feel like their performances Because are Because I I think if you compare what these actors are doing and we know what their right. caliber is, what these actors end up doing in Nolan movies and how that rates alongside like some I'll of their other you, performances. I'll give you a simple example, right? Uh, hmm. You've seen DiCaprio's uh, Inception, right? right? You've seen yeah. him in uh, you've seen what is Django else Django Unchained. Django Unchained yeah. is not Nolan. No, I'm saying DiCaprio's yeah, performance so I'm outside to, yeah, of Nolan. So, so you see him Django Unchained, right? Yeah. DiCaprio killed it, hmm. right? I think DiCaprio yeah. did better than Revenant. all of them together. And he was yeah. surrounded by good actors. He was surrounded by Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. He was surrounded by Christoph Waltz, who were beautiful actors, right? So yeah. he had competition. It was not like he was alone. You see DiCaprio in Departed. Hmm. Again, supremely strong cast, and you see DiCaprio standing out like outright. He just has a thing yeah. with Scorsese. It's like a director-actor. Uh, yeah, Django exactly. Is not yeah, Django is not. No, course, yeah. ja- okay. see, but that guy is a movies, like. method actor. Like he always acts well. There's not a single exactly performance. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly what I'm saying. So DiCaprio is a guy who stands out. You know, right? But you see Inception, mm-hmm. right? You don't see DiCaprio standing out. Like you don't see mm. that aura of DiCaprio. Okay, same thing. I, I is felt with, him standing out in huh? in Inception. I thought he stood out for me at least. I don't know. I think I was more yeah. engrossed in the story than DiCaprio. What is DiCaprio? That's doing? true. I, I, I don't, don't think that's in the story. Yeah, I don't think that's DiCaprio's fault. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not I, his fault. I'm yeah. not saying it's anybody's fault. I'm saying, does Nolan's style of direction not give the scope? where the storytelling is so overwhelming i think there is something to what you said might not be having that scope to like excel in their it's probably thing. just the kind of stories he's picking the commercial uh you know angle to all of these stories dicaprio or nolan 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 okay okay it's mm-hmm. probably because of that but what i think is i definitely think you have a point there i always have a point i have you... three points in fact <laughs> right so yeah i know uh, what yeah. was uh, yeah go ahead go ahead you're saying <laughs> So I I just think Nolan movies are just bigger than the individual uh characters. It's it's clearly an example of the Definitely. sum total of its parts being much much big uh, bigger than the individual yeah, parts, yeah, yeah. right? It's like yeah. a a a big personality in and of itself, the, the entire plot, the premise. So mm-hmm. in such a big world, it's hard to look out for uh stand, you know, characters that stand out basically. And I mean, despite yeah. that, Heath stood out, despite that Christian Bale stood out. Uh, Michael Caine mm. stands out time and time again. Uh DiCaprio for me he was his usual intense self. So I didn't see it as yeah. like falling short or anything. Uh but yeah there's never an actor even like that uh girl who played Juno. Uh, I forget her name. But she, Yeah yeah. Even oh, yeah, she yeah, stood yeah. Out. was there in Inception, right? Yeah exactly. Yeah, she's a yeah. Guy now, but yeah. Yeah exactly. Yeah. Um <laughs> sorry. 
I stand corrected for those. Uh, no, those no, no, no. I just found out that. No, no, no. I don't want to. What? <laughs> what is funny here, Bogan? <laughs> Something is always funny. For you. You, 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 you're going down the wrong so path, bro. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So, what was your take of uh, Tenet, uh, McNally? <laughs> it's not about Tenet. We're talking about Nolan. I know, but Tenet specifically because it's like the huge, like I, so I would, anticipated. If you ask, everyone me, was waiting for it to come out. I know that's that's every Nolan's movie. Come on, like come, what's wrong with you? But the hype for this was like that's because everybody was crazy. sitting at home and had nothing to do. So yeah, they were like, obviously, okay, fine. Nolan, throw like a movie out so we can watch <laughs> and like do some master's course on LinkedIn so we understand your movie. Mm-hmm. Everybody was excited because everybody already kind of did a course on time traveling and mm-hmm. all. So yeah. now they're yeah. like, they thought we are equipped to understand Tenet. But then Tenet yeah. turned out to be like a double bluff. Like you don't have to because <laughs> it's, what do you call it? You don't have to understand it. Just feel it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's yeah. a line in Tenet that's yeah. repeated uh, yeah. multiple times. Yeah. Yeah, I certainly didn't feel it though. It felt like exactly. Yeah, too convoluted for the sake of being being like that. It's like how do I make so, sure that I confuse the audience with a bullet traveling backwards and how do I put all the characters through this little yeah. shoot that, that they go backwards. But whereas in other movies like Interstellar, it was a genuine premise. Like Inception was beautiful. It's like oh, yeah, how yeah, do you yeah. subjugate someone's subconscious? And it was almost allegorical, right? Like it's a big fortress. You're trying to pierce mm. that guy's subconscious and those right. sub, his subconscious um, acts as like uh, projections that are coming out to get you. I, but yeah, that, that was just phenomenal. I don't think anyone's ever done that before, right? Like it's, um, yeah, I agree because I thought Inception was probably his peak, like his sweet spot. Yeah. Like if you look yeah. Yeah. No forward and behind, that. it's just too good. But what yeah. was your take of Tenet? Like where did you think it went wrong? It was lacking to me. Um, I see. So if you set a really tight script, right? Like there's so much that happens normally in his movies. Two and a half hours yeah. to two hours, 45 minutes. It's packed. Like everything. It's like yeah. bam, bam, bam. You can't real, you can't afford to reel from the previous scene yet. You can't think about it. Exactly. You just have to get. Yeah. So this is even more so like it got heightened and mm. it was lacking emotion. Like that Elizabeth mm. Debicki, that chick just drew the life yeah. out of that movie. She's standing there always morose and morbid. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about your child. Why are you keeping... Like, this guy's explaining yeah. time travel, and she's like, oh, my child. I'm like, who the fuck yeah. is your child? <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, it's like... <laughs> yeah. it's like so that that's what happened with Tenet. Like, but if you look back at all of his other movies, there was emotion. Like, there was emotion in mm. uh, Interstellar between McConaughey, his daughter... Um, there's a lot of emotion between Batman, his butler, um, it, even in Memento, right? Like the the cop that's played by yeah, uh, and uh, I forget is the character's name Palantino. Uh, Joe. Yeah, Joe Palina. he came as a villain in one of the Iron Man movies, also, right? Yeah, I no, no, no. His name, but Joe, Joe Pantoliano. Yeah, Pantoliano uh, and yeah, yeah. um. Guy Pierce, they had like a chemistry going on. So everything, everyone had a, um, I don't know. I didn't really like Denzel's kid that much in Tenet. He was all right. He didn't bring the same. (laughs) (laughs) That was a huge point for me. The casting was. It's almost like Denzel's kid like fell far away from the tree. Like he was not even close. Brute, what about you? Tenet uh, is the same thing. I think it was too, it was too one dimension. It was too flat for me. Like at no point, like after the point, it was an overdose of, oh, too much of movement. So fuck it. I don't care. Let me yeah. just see what happens in there and I'm, and I'm fine with it. Right. Right. Now I lost 
interest in why there are two parallel things going on exactly. why there is you know a reversal of time why there is like why are they switching all that took like a backseat which is generally nolan's kind of trademark right mm. where he captures you in the first 10 minutes with okay you got to know this and you're anticipating that oh now i'll kind of figure out now i'll kind of figure out right but and then he kind of climaxes in a certain way where you're like oh shit i didn't figure it out yeah right like he leaves you hanging yeah. so and with this it was just too flat i think i mean i'm not a big guy for emotion or anything mm-hmm. i watch a movie for the sake of getting entertained however mm-hmm. it might be right it's not right. necessarily that they have to be jokes mm-hmm. it can also be like you mentioned magnetically that it can be a good narration of a story right yeah so i i watch a movie for that and which is why maybe i don't get inclined into nolan's movies a lot mm-hmm. uh barring with an exception of the batman trilogy but rest of the movies which wherever he puts in too much of the head and i'm like okay i'll just watch it i'll see what what the whole deal is about and with tenet i didn't even have that like i didn't even have that feeling of oh i want to know more like or let me just figure out let me be ahead of the director right yeah. or when you go into a nolan's movie you're almost challenging to crack it earlier than the rest of the guys right mm. like oh i figured out where the plot twist is and with yeah. this it was too flat and it it shot way below expectations for obvious reasons i think uh but i i don't really stick that up to nolan so much because mm. it's just one of the movies that didn't do yeah, yeah yeah of course like he went wrong with one movie and it might be because of any reason it can be for the fact that he was running out of ideas of how do i make my story more complicated because <laughs> yeah. with interstellar he already kind of used all the tricks he showed black hole for crying out loud what else is there in the universe so, so he had to invent <laughs> or discover something new so actually, actually like go the sequences in tenet right reverse fighting etc huh. is something that he was picturing in his head for about 20 years every story so, nolan pictures for like 30 40 years that's a valid inception point. he wanted to write for like <laughs> he's been writing inception yeah. for god knows how long yeah, yeah, interstellar yeah. he's been researching for 8 years how old is this guy <laughs> like how 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 if you add up all this is 180 years <laughs> right <matter>. there <laughs> and he made only like six movies <laughs> <laughs> no that's the other part of his genius right how is he able to like you know pack a punch every two years with something as ginormous mm. as it, they are like i think i have an answer for that it could either yeah. be drugs or <laughs> ayahuasca yeah, or it possibly. can be like solid crystal yeah for mm-hmm. all you care yeah. in nolan would have been inspired by breaking bad <laughs> like <laughs> this is the ultimate anticlimax what's your inspiration breaking bad because after i watched breaking bad i started getting ideas for 20 years <laughs> <laughs> that's what nolan's justification is but i feel it goes back to your point about drive, uh, directors and stories and that's where this movie really failed uh, which is you don't care enough about the core story of the movie yeah. so you don't know the motivations the characters well enough right the hero is the cast some guy who you can never get to know yeah like even if you watch like 6 hours uh, of a movie of him yeah. you'll never get to know him the guy uh, and- it's just the main thing i felt where it could have either been fixed was either you spread this out like the amount of action sequences he had he could have spread it out in two movies like a sequel no. or a, a trilogy like there was enough packed there mm. to take it slow and give your audience some moment to breathe then somebody will sequence. come and say let's make it a web series no, then no. somebody will come and say let's make it a tele series that's not the solution right the idea is 
you pack the best information of the story mm-hmm. in like two and a half hours. That's the whole concept of a movie. Okay, so if yeah. you go with that premise, then what I feel should have happened was the anger of the future, right? That's the main driving force. The villain in this movie is the pure anger of the people in the future who feel robbed of their climate or their environment and they want to take it back. And so this anger was not really conveyed or shown properly. It was just mentioned, you know, in a sentence or two. Yeah. And we're supposed to absorb the gravity of that. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So just the anger. Yeah. So the scientists had a whole lab of objects that were sent back from past and they've been collecting these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So he goes to this huge room. So, and the main villain's idea was to create such a big impact that the nature of the world there would reverse. So if you wanted to do that, you should have given the audience an example of what it looks like when a a local area goes reverse, for example, like all those things that they brought together in the lab. Like imagine if you could see an area getting contaminated where things are, the entropy is reversed or whatever and how life is dead, etc. Like you could at least see a sample size of what's yeah. waiting. Instead, we just get the world is ending. But right. yeah. annihilation. You know, right. like how do you like after all these years of watching movies? Oh, again, the world is ending. We have to save the world. Like, what yeah. the fuck is that? Why are we trying to fix the movie? Is my question. Well, I'm just saying. Like, don't say it. Just okay. It went wrong. We are not trying to fix the movie. We are trying to understand as to. So okay, Tenet is already a bad movie, right? So there's no point of highlighting bad things in the movie. You already know the output is bad. Okay, it's not or it's not on par with our expectations. What do you say, yeah. McNutty? You agree with me? Yeah, I think generally it was still liked, but it's not at the same level as his previous movies for sure. Yeah, because yeah. He's, yeah. He, he set the benchmark too high for himself. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's like yeah. Virat Kohli today getting out for duck. And we are like, oh, Virat Kohli is getting, is not performing. Because Virat yeah. Kohli did it to himself. It's almost like that, right? I think we would so, have enjoyed it if he'd come up with this before Inception or even Memento. This is his first movie. And yeah, then but, the- but then he couldn't have thought for it for 20 years. That's, that's what I don't know that he thought about this movie for 20 years. That's what I read, yeah. Oh, really? For the longest oh, okay. time. Yeah. But I've, I've, oh. it's like a marketing gimmick from Nolan. Like, Nolan, how long, <laughs> like, what, how did you come up with this? Uh, I've been thinking about this for about 34 years since my father passed away. <laughs> and this is something which is very close to my heart. It's like any hero saying, why did you choose this movie? Because the story was amazing. I think I, I thought that's what... something new. That, that's <laughs> cliche. That You're repeating. Yeah. You almost can repeat the same sentence and send out the recording during every press meet. That's not the answer. The, the thing is, I want to understand from you guys, mm. right? As to pick up his good movies. I mean, there's a, quite a lot of good in Tenet itself, actually. We don't want that good. Okay. Let's pick up the good <laughs> movies like Prestige. Let's pick up the good movies like Batman Trilogy, right? Let, because no, everybody's thought Batman as a character died. Like DC Comics was down the down the yeah. heart before the Batman Trilogy started in 2008. Mm. Like not just DC, not just DC, there. like superhero in general, right? Like, yeah, but, no one give, give but, a shit about superheroes until he came around. Right, but Marvel was still stronger in the video game aspect. So, so economically, Marvel was doing much better in terms of the comic sale and all that. And when, when Nolan said like, hey, I'm going to make a Batman movie, obviously everybody was like, you idiot. 
but <clears throat> when they saw the revival of superheroes when iron man kind of became a little successful then they thought out that okay fine you know this can be a genre in itself so right. the the movie business got attached to the marvel success which is already was having a monopoly in comic industry right but dc comics was doing bad even in the comic industry all their characters were right. failing right superman was not doing great like whatever movies that they made in the past of superman and batman were horrible flops until so, batman actually died and uh, i mean in the dc comic verse they killed him because they, they killed him because well. they didn't know what else to do yeah, with him yeah so they and then like. frank uh, who's that guy muller frank miller i don't yeah know. yeah frank miller is it <laughs> I, i guessed it frank miller uh, he came out with a comic uh, the dark knight returns right mm. where the ba- where batman is kind of like middle aged he's 45 yeah. touching 50 he has mm. yeah he's graying and uh, he's he looking to, back to he's looking to retire yeah. and uh, so he yeah. that's when he hires robin and he hires a bunch of young superheroes and mm. it kinds of end it kind of ends him with uh, him it, it kind of ends with him faking his death uh right. going to france and having wine he, something I, <laughs> that's yeah. christopher <laughs> yeah but the point is but you that, get my point right? that's what like, revived batman actually right so mm-hmm. the whole point is like this guy did some really good work like in the industry itself. yeah 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 and the thing that i like about nolan is he kind of did it on both fronts you know he did it on commercially viable movies like batman trilogy and he also did it on did it with movies like memento he did it with movies like you know prestige where when prestige came out nolan was not still nolan he was like yeah he's a guy who does like this cool movies right but still he had a long way to catch up with a Spielberg or a John Lucas and all of that in terms of the commercial success right and then he hit gives this huge box of his successes and then now you get to see the full throttle guy by the time inception came out by the time uh you know uh, interstellar came out it was he was even more anticipated so yeah. he kind of made his mark from almost like nowhere momento was technically a documentary or a short film initially when he and his brother kind of made it right then it kind of became a feature film blah 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 So for me that's all great that's all how every great director is but still coming to the you know base point as to is nolan the one of the greatest directors i still don't think so yet okay and the reason for for that is like i mentioned the first one of the reasons is great directors give scope for characters to kind of flourish mm. through while not compromising with the storyline right that's how great great actors become I kind of realized why it's because in Nolan's movies the actors and the characters are basically just plot elements and plot points. Right. It's just they they Exactly, I yeah. I need them to go from point A to point B so I can shoot this yeah. action sequence. You know where everyone everyone exactly, going back yeah. in time. Right. So that, that's kind of where not, the focus is going off. Sure, I mean like that's uh dumbing down Nolan. I yeah, mean, I, mean, I don't want to productive, yeah. So, yeah, like but also like if you look at concepts right like high mm. concepts like time mm. space gravity um entropy all these become important concepts we, so in and of sorry, themselves man, they become I'm, i'm cutting you off yeah can somebody explain what is entropy clearly i don't know so <laughs> what the f- if we don't in, in among three of us if two of us don't know what's entropy we are not using entropy in this podcast okay entropy is banned from this episode use anything else use a synonym for entropy <laughs> Say entropy. I don't know entropy. 
Entropy is actually just a randomness in a given space time. Then use chaos. So that's the scientific meaning. Mm. Yeah. So, okay, sure. Chaos. <laughs> yeah. But it's measurable, right? Like chaos is, I don't know if that's actually measurable, but it is. if you take entropy, you can... it's supposed to be. But if it is, if it is randomness <laughs> in space time, then how, how yeah. do they use it in the movie? Like the entropy of this object is reversed. So are they saying the ra- it's randomness in space time is reversed? That's what I, I, I think he bent that meaning, to be honest. Okay. And uh, I might not have nailed the definition, like the scientific Hence, definition. It's, it's hard been to a define. while since I've looked. Entropy yeah. is hard to define. Like I said. Whatever yeah. the fuck it is. Like, yeah. We are not using entropy anymore in this yeah. episode. Yeah. Beat it. Yeah. So, yeah, you were saying. But, like, uh, leaving, leaving, leaving entropy aside, though, like time we understand. Mm. We understand uh, how time can be, like, very fickle. Mm. Like, our concept of time changes based on what level of consciousness we're on so even consciousness plays a huge role right like yeah. he deals with the different levels of subconsciousness he deals with like like psychology that goes into mm-hmm. it he deals with fear so when all of these things these concepts are taking room on the stage then it's hard for individual characters to flourish yeah and and the reason why heath flourished in in dark knight because he himself was a concept he was like he just wanted to watch the world burn. Exactly. And I had not seen any um, antagonist be defined in those terms. Mm. He's like, look what I did to the city with like a few bullets and, and gunpowder, exactly. right? That was revolutionary. Like he didn't want diamonds, the signs of tangerines. Right. He didn't want money. He just, so he himself was a concept mm. and that's a high concept for and, me. Oh, yeah. Like that's the best definition of a villain. And yeah, that's, yeah. So, that's exactly my point, right? The idea and see, if you take any story, right? Who is the antagonist? Antagonist is not a character. He's he is you know a certain element of an emotion, mm-hmm. right? Either he's a greedy guy or he's uh, he's a desirable guy or they 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 portray a certain emotion. Right. Same is with the protagonist. Every character in a story essentially portrays a certain emotion, right? The mother of the hero portrays the emotion of motherhood, her care, her concern. The father of the whatever, right? And and in Nolan, in Nolan's movies, that is a miss. How do you describe DiCaprio's character in Inception? Is he just a guy who's roaming around doing a job? No, he's he, a guy who is he missing is, his wife? Is, is trying, he missing his kids? No, no, he is. In Inception, DiCaprio is a guy who is trying his best but failing to live with himself because he's guilty. What? And he's not able to tell anyone the secret of his guilt. Which is he caused his no, wife to take her life. I didn't see that coming, to be very honest. I, I had to watch it but let's, to get to this point. So let's define him for what he is in, on the surface, right? He's a thief. Yeah. Essentially. That's a he's not a that's that's a personality. He, Heath Ledger was a thief. Yeah, so the Joker was a thief. Sure, but he's he's specifically a, like a high profile burglar. Right. You're just, he goes yeah. You're glorifying a villain. A villain like you're glorifying the character. I'm coming no. this from a theater background, okay? And because okay. I know you can't yeah. relate with me because I'm a senior to you. Mm-hmm. But this is what happens, right? When you, when, you, when you go into a character as an artist, and I'm taking the artist side here, right? Because even I, yeah. as, as, a, as a theater guy, I'm a director's actor. The director says, hey, bro, Brute, you got to do A, B, C, D things. And this is what, this is the output that you have to deliver as a character. Then it's my job to like work around of how I deliver that output, right? Now, so, and that's where I come from. If you see how an artist relates to any character is he kind of basically 
you know maps out the personality okay these are the traits these are the physical elements of him these are the behavioral aspects from him blah 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 and then he tries to convey one or at max two emotions that the character is defined by i you agree know? with you and uh, but despite that i feel that he can be still counted as one of the great directors but your point is still valid which is from a character point of view or an actor point of view there's not really much uh, flesh to the yeah world. yeah like i i do find it 2d like you yeah. said brute but it's it's more like my problem with them is i don't care if they're full spectrum actors but they always know what the fuck they're doing right in the middle of any situation they're like okay i'm going to go here i'm going to do this then i'm going to fuck backwards then i'm going to do that and then i'm going to go fuck forwards and then but, you know it's but, like okay you guys are just exactly no to tenet right i'm telling in general no no, no, no. in general it's in general you know, yeah. even even in inception yeah. even in interstellar like they're in the middle of space yeah. like some black hole appeared and they know exactly how to like ricochet around yeah. that black hole they, they you know they're going to do this this and this first they're going to go to edmunds then they're going to miller if they don't find anything in miller they'll come back to yeah. edmunds and you know they'll slingshot their way across the universe and then they almost went and met mad demon in on mars yeah whatever. they're never confound i mean they are confounded but they're not never like you know completely helpless and then, and then they need something and then you get that this is moment where is my in, problem uh, as an audience yeah Bogus and then you get this it. moment in interstellar where they already know everything they're supposed to do yeah, but then Ma- matthew mcconaughey yeah. has to be explained with a piece of paper yeah. <laughs> like what is like a exactly a, a vortex yeah. or a and that's yeah. for us right yeah that's for us like so obviously for us yeah yeah exactly and, and so he's 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 always like showing to tell yeah. like i'm going to tell you by having the characters discuss some concept yeah. yeah but i'm like if you're already fucking in that field you don't have to discuss like, exactly you already know what the other guy is saying right? like it's you're doing it for and us and that's exactly <laughs> yeah. my yeah. game with nolan right right that is who do i connect to i don't have any character in a nolan's movie who i connect to right i connect to a spot boy at max or a guy who dies in the movie like yeah this guy i can connect to because he shouldn't be there and i'm a guy who's who might be there can i tell you who i connected to most in tenet i've uh, okay i'll just i'll just tell you it's the guy the the kid no the bearded guy who did the, who <laughs> the jobs like on the flight he uh, he's uh, he he runs the flight into the into the thing the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the bearded yeah. guy mahir ha huh. That's the guy I connected with. Yeah, the, the Indian guy. That's because he's an Indian. Mm. No, he's not Indian. It's just one line that he delivered. Because he's a terrorist. No, it's just one line that he delivered, okay, as an actor. Yeah. That, uh, he, yeah. Robert Pattinson, and this Mahir guy, and this uh, hero, huh. they're standing, they're planning the heist, the running the plane right. to the thing. And then the lead is asking him, uh, oh, so there's going to be, it's a, is it a passenger flight? Then he says, no, it's a freight. It's a freight, so basically it, it'll only have... Yeah, some, it's a cargo. Yeah, it's a cargo plane. Yeah. It'll only have crew. And then he'll be like, "Will yeah. they be okay?" And he's like, "And this guy just replies with, 'Yeah, they'll be fine. What's the problem?'" <laughs> you know. <it's> like, <laughs> 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 so just just yeah. that line, the way yeah. he delivered it, I yeah. related so much with that. And I'm like, "This guy is the best actor in this movie." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's one. Uh, that's that's a good observation. So that's yeah. that's one aspect about Nolan. Yeah. That I that I really like. That kind of makes me think twice of like, is it really a is he a great conceptualizer? Concept. That is a yeah, word. very high concept. He is he's a fantastic yeah. conceptualizer. I think he goes up yeah. and above from the realms of our you know our reality where he can yeah. come up with some of the ludicrous concepts and he can actually 
kind of deliver that, right? Like I he, think, yeah, he has that in common with Kubrick, which is the movies are bigger than the yeah. characters. You don't really, the di- characters yeah. are kind of two-dimensional. Right. He has that in common. Yeah. He also yeah. looks up to him, but uh, tries to pull it off in... Uh, <laughs> in too many ways. In, in different <laughs> ways, yeah. 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 So, Except for Peter Sellers, did you guys find anything, uh, any other characters that like, you know, stood out for you for Kubrick? I mean, I, it's not an um, episode about Kubrick, but I was just curious. Yeah, you maybe Clockwork Kubrick. Orange, Alex. Uh, that's okay. the only but other thing book. I can think of. No, I mean the movie that he made, Clockwork. Yeah, Orange. but it's out of a book. It's out of a book. Kubrick, everything almost is out. Yeah. Of a book. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. so as an actor, Shining is Kubrick. No. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So Jack. Nichols, yeah, it is. Jack Nicholson. Come on. No, but that character is not really that uh, deep. It's just. Uh, uh, okay, I'm going by performance once again. I'm okay, performance into... is different, but the depth, of, that, that's why what Nicholson did with that character is insane. Sorry. I mean, there was, there was yeah. not much to it. <laughs> what? Nicholson, there's not really much to that character. So what I like about that is, like you said, one of the toughest things to deliver as a character or an artist is when you when you don't have much about the character. To your earlier point, I don't think, uh, and I'm not talking about Tenet now, but yeah. you mentioned that Tenet is probably just one bad apple you know, that Nolan, he's done great movies. This is just an aberration or something. But I don't see that to be the case because so many of the things that didn't go uh, well for this movie have been patterns that have showed up in his past movies. Like like McNulty said, right. when, he, when he was trying to pick out, nitpick things from, his, from all his movies, he nitpicked wrong. Like maybe he just got the bad parts of all the movies that he thought and like oh shit on the hindsight like I should just reverse the whole thing like pick the other parts that I left out and then make a movie with it which might be his next movie we don't know so like you said yeah like yeah go ahead go ahead go ahead let him speak he's a guest vocalist of course I already said go ahead no I'll repeat it Uh, every chance I get (laughs) (laughs) sorry guys I'll take cue next time but um um so what I wanted to say was like in even in Memento, right? If you played the movie in chronological order, mm. it had just been another movie. Right. The fact that he chose to play in reverse chronological order just made that movie that much more enjoyable. Uh, like tell me it act- wasn't the screenplay written in reverse chronology or was it written as a linear kind of story? So I think it just ended up the way he sh- he edited it. Okay. He could have Put the events in chronological order, but he shot to edit okay. it and 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 display it in the reverse order. Okay, okay. So that was again very new and, um, yeah, it, it was you know completely different from all the movies that were coming out then, I mean, right? It, like it makes mess sense with, with the character, right? Because he has shot a memory, so he's always yeah, working yeah, backwards. Yeah, th- that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that that's true as well. But I'm just saying. Essentially, that thing was a the whole, choice. like a like a tool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The choice of doing it that way was like a MacGuffin. Like it worked for that script. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, but for Tenet, it's like, oh, I'm just gonna find a way to force the bullet to go backwards, and then I'm gonna build the story around mm-hmm. that, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'll call the elements. So, if we had to go so, back sorry. to an earlier point that Brute made, yeah. like, let's look at all of his yeah. movies, like cover his movies. So, the one before this was Interstellar. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible movie. Oh, Dunkirk, actually. Oh, Dunkirk. 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 Yeah. Dunkirk. Are we going to do this for every movie he made? I thought that's what you said. No, I said, like, let's look at overall all the 
good movies there's even dunkirk was oh, okay dunkirk yeah it was meh for me <coughs> it was like, not what like do you think? yeah <laughs> whoa but yeah. uh but if you look at overall nolan's movies the the second thing i mean apart from the fact that you know i don't see him give a lot of breathing space for characters or actors to like really express themselves yeah. and kind of like go all out uh, and you can see that restriction also i i mean i don't know maybe it's a subjective thing from my side i see that in good actors where they find themselves kind of like hands tied they are like if you feel them to be like i want to break free here but okay i can't i i shouldn't so apart from that the other thing that i really don't uh, i'm not a big fan of of nolan's movies is the complexity and it can be the kind of movie watcher i am right like i said i like to watch movies to get entertained right and and yes there are there are there is a lot but it's like it's like reading dostoevsky you know you read dostoevsky then you are heavy headed you have to i mean you have to go through a lot of comics or like light reads to like let down that effect mm. and nolan does that to me you know nolan kind of does that yeah. he did that with to me with inception he did that with interstellar he did that with uh, um uh, memento prestige was still fine i mean prestige was not that heavy yeah. uh it was pretty yeah. straightforward when it gets revealed in the end it's like okay fine let's doable uh but there's so many other things right like majority of his movies is so heavy on you uh it's like watching uh i know whatever sad old hindi movie which keeps going on and on for like 2 hours but you feel like that's where the whole time relativity comes <laughs> like where you're like i just watched like a fire yeah. movie but like it just been two hours since i watched it types yeah it's just piling on too many things like yeah. there's an action sequence that you have to focus on now yeah. but the cars are coming in one direction then there's another car coming reverse so you have to reconcile that and then on top yeah. of it there's uh plot points happening yeah like the exchange of uh, plutonium or what they think is plutonium yeah or like there's so many example. things to focus yeah. and then there's no br- uh there's no moment to take a gap like you said mcnally yeah. which is we yeah, are on to the yeah. next thing like we are on to the next thing yeah exactly uh yeah like the example of uh, one of the other examples for this is in inception when the final fight is happening where mm. everything is like like turning and all right, right, right. then you kind of like he shows you a cut of the van falling into the lake mm. and then he shows you another cut where something else is happening in a slow motion mm. then you show another cut and you're like oh what is happening here then oh what is happening here what is happening here and like ah fuck it dude this is too much there's too much happening around and by the time it all ends it's it's like or oh, there's so much to like figure out let me watch it again either it's like a yeah beautiful marketing gimmick for people to rewatch the movie or if yeah. that's his way of doing it then it's too heavy for me like i if he can probably simplify it because i i'm i'm right. a simple guy like like i'm like obviously every audience will be like make movies for me right i don't care about the rest mm. of the public i want movie to be made right. for my taste so it is a subjective opinion but my take is yeah very heavy it's like 90 ml strong whiskey shot that you take and then you regret like fuck i shouldn't have had it types so and th- and that's totally fair and i'm with you on that it's just for me like movie watching is more than like just an a thing that i do it's like an activity it's like an event for me right. when when there's a good movies out mm. that i i watch it and i want to take something home back with me mm. and then if the movie is stimulating enough then that brings forth the conversations i have with my friends my wife whatever right, right? like and we talk at length about 
it for hours. And so for me, that's like if a movie can make me think and do that where I'm still talking about it after I've left the theaters, then that for me is like a great sign yeah, of a good director. The problem in what you said is you have to make sure everybody else watches yeah. the movie and is on the same page as you to like have like a concrete conversation yeah. with him. And Nolan's movies don't do that. Yeah. Say for suppose you watched Pulp Fiction, I watched Pulp Fiction, right? Yeah. We both can sit and talk about Pulp Fiction for an hour, right? I mean, like yeah. focus, you can't because then you doze off. Mm. But like you get what I'm saying, right? With Nolan's movie... Half of the time goes off in saying, okay, fine, tell me what was the answer for the fourth scene, second para, third dialogue. <laughs> uh, what did you get out of it? And I'm like, oh, th- oh that was DiCaprio died. Like, no, 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 not DiCaprio, the other guy. And, and you just, it's like discussing a question paper, which is something that nobody enjoys, you know, unless you're a top ranker, yeah. unless you're like a number one topper in your class. You don't like to discuss it. Once the exam is done, you fuck with it. Like, I'm, I'm done with it. I don't want, <laughs> I don't care what answers I got. Yeah. And Nolan's movies don't do that for me. Even, even, yeah. if, and I'm the same, right? Like, I watch a movie, mm-hmm. like me and Bogus meet and we're like, hey, dude, we watch, I watch this movie. It's a great movie. Like, mm-hmm. Manorama Six Feet Under, one of our parcel recommendations. Mm-hmm. It's a mm-hmm. very simple movie. You have a lot to talk about it. It's not that it's mm. de- because it's a simple movie. It is depriving you of having a conversation or do a small talk. Right. Yeah. And that's a good movie as well. I'm not like saying that one is has to be defined as a greater movie than the other. Both are you know great in their own mm. way. I'm just saying why I find Nolan really good mm. is that I can talk about all the concepts. I can actually expand my physics uh, understanding. I can expand. I mean, if we watch like a Neil deGrasse Tyson's critique of the movie, then he'll probably shred it to, you know, pieces. But that defeats the purpose of, you know, that premise and what made it entertaining to begin got with. It, right? got so, it. Bogus, I don't think if you, yeah, got, like, if you got a credible movie buff, because he's a guy who couldn't explain what is entropy. And he's saying this increases the realm of my physics understanding spectrum. Yeah, he was eight, nine. How many Nolan movies have you watched? Ten Nolan them. movies he watched. He couldn't explain what is entropy. But what do you guys think are the <laughs> positives of Nolan? I mean, we've banged on him uh, for this long. Yeah. But he definitely has a lot of positives, uh, which really sets yeah. him apart as a director. So wh- what do you think, McNality? Uh, definitely, like, uh, I was going back to that high concept stuff, yeah. like introducing something that's, metaphysical one that's um he even plays with morality right Mm. like dark knight stood out for me because he was talking about you know dark knight himself was a very unselfish character he like he didn't mind dying you know to save gotham right right and heath ledger's was not just someone who wanted to uh, kill batman Mm. at some point in the movie when he says like i don't want to kill you what would i do without you that's like it's like the immovable force and the irresistible object. No. I think I got that backwards, yeah. but the unstoppable yeah. force and immovable. What kind of movie box am I sitting yeah. with here? Too many movies. It, it, <laughs> Nonsense. It muddles the yeah, mind. too many. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Can't keep track. Um, but yeah, it's, it's those high philosophies, high concepts, uh, and he packs it in two hours forty-five minutes. Yes, I'm not a fan of the fact that he doesn't let his scenes breathe. Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to accomplish that much and to keep me at the edge of the seat for almost two hours, 45 minutes, 
um, and keep me engaged and still kind of make me follow. I might not get the nitty gritties, but I still follow along. I right? think the like key the pl- word plot on some the level. The key word, at least for first viewing, is more than keep me engaged is keep me confused. Uh, and then <laughs> yeah, I'll maybe. come back to it yeah. later. Yeah. It's like that old sales yeah. saying: like if you don't get them, if you can't convince them, them yeah, you can't convince them. them, confuse them, keep them confused. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For me, one of the biggest pluses was is that he is always iterating. He's always he always seems to be learning, and he's always tinkering with stuff. Like uh, Dunkirk, for yeah. example. I mean, it was a meh movie, but uh, the highlight of Dunkirk is actually the way it was edited. Yeah. And he figured out a way to edit right. that story in such a way that he could keep increasing tension. I don't agree with his approach of storytelling, mm-hmm. uh, but he was trying to do something new, is what I'm trying to get. The choice in Memento, like you mentioned, uh, yeah. to go reverse. Yeah. It's just he keeps tinkering. Yeah. And for this movie, he also he's a big supporter of IMAX cameras. Like No one touches those because of the expensive... Uh, the film stock is yeah. really expensive and you don't have yeah. enough lenses for it. He got a new lens yeah. modified and made for made. Tenet so that it could be handled. Yeah. And yeah. he just pushes boundaries, constantly pushes boundaries. He's a big pro, a supporter yeah. of uh, film, but that's of course going digressing. Yeah. But the tinkering aspect of it, which I feel is a big positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, he delivers his concepts. I think he was probably one of the few directors who leverages technology to the most. I think he mm. adds in that element of, I mean, he kind of opens new doors to how else you can use editing skills, Very how true. else you can use VFX skills, right? At uh, the I same think, time, he prefers to go old school in his special effects. Which is what is, you know, it's opening so doors, great. Right? I just love that about him. Which one? Yeah. The fact look. that he doesn't choose VFX or CGI, he, yeah, he yeah. goes against it. Yeah. I, I mean, like the whole, you, the whole, you know, portrayal of Black Hole. I'm talking about Black Hole in Interstellar mm. as a character in the movie, mm. but that's what he does. Like he took the concept of Black yeah. Hole and then you saw Black Hole and you're like, okay, Black Hole is not black. <laughs> like, like this is how it looks, yeah. right? And to deliver that, it's a yeah. huge effort. And he's, I think he's a very courageous director to actually step into that. It's also that rotating uh, ring. No, in, in uh, Inception, the... Hotel, right, lobby. right. The tilting of the whole. The, oh yeah, they built it up. He constructed yeah, that just for that thing, scene, yeah. and it's it's barely thirty seconds of that movie, and he made that he built that right. actually, so, just so that he could so shoot that, it. Yeah, that it's is insane. Yeah. Probably one of the best things about Nolan at 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 the at what granular level he goes to mm. uh, tell a convincing concept, right. right? To to you know push the concept into a visual model. And we face that, right? Like, I mean, taking out of our own experience, Bogus, it's very difficult to take a theoretical paper and kind of screen put it on the screen. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And he's just exponentially increasing the difficulty by bringing in God knows all kinds of science yeah. theories and hypotheses and, you know, all these things. Mm. And then trying to deliver it in a visual model. Yeah. Uh, we can only imagine how difficult it can be behind yeah. the door, behind the curtains. But I noticed you were also going to say something mcnality just now yeah I, appreciating I, what to I'm me saying. what <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> he actually um consulted kip thorne yeah, who's yeah. a um, scientist yeah uh, physicist yeah. yeah like he's he's actually a student of stephen hawking mm. who's Theoretical no longer physics, with us but yeah, yeah. stephen hawking yeah exactly moved out from so our apartment he was with us previously right? yes yeah. <laughs> he's a too much of intelligence can't be yeah. under one <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I know. I was also getting tired of his voice. So, uh, 
uh, I, I was gonna say, like, if you go back to Inception, right? Like, yeah. he's when he was penning the when he was writing down the screenplay, mm-hmm. he probably wrote, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna have this guy, um, you know, this power mogul, like who has a son he doesn't get along mm-hmm. with, and somehow I have to get this robber and his crew to convince him that." his father cares about right. right right that's the sort of like the general outline and then how do you actually go into his subconscious actually make his subconscious a physical reality it's like a fortress and you're on like these rvs and these yeah. like crazy snowmobiles yeah. and like you know you're using like scopes on your rifles and you're trying to put a go into the safe that's mm-hmm. there and like the whole concept of like if you take some subject into his dream, the moment you introduce a lock in a safe, the subject will try to like guard his secrets. So it'll automatically fill his subconscious into that safe. Mm. Like just that concept yeah. of them then metaphorically breaking into that safe to get access to a subconscious. Like imagine what he went through yeah. from taking that from his screenplay on, onto the screen. It's just insane. Yeah. Like... So. I think one of the things that he does really successfully is when you watch a movie, right? And you kind of go, if you kind of like go on the hindsight and think, oh, if I think like this, I might end up at this, mm-hmm. right? Which happens, right? When you think about a Jurassic Park and you'll be like, oh, making a movie on a lost species is doable, right? It's, okay. it's easily imaginable. Yeah. But when you look at it, when you watch a Nolan movie, you are at no clue. Like, where do I even start thinking about Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's something which is beautiful. That's a similarity he shares with Kubrick, I feel, which is that you, yeah. just the way of uh, conveying that in images is so good. Yeah, but that brings me to yeah. my last bane with, okay. with uh, Nolan is because of this very trait of his stories or concepts, or his movies, Mm -hmm. what happens is an average intelligent person Mm. comes out of the movie thinking he's supremely smart. Okay? Uh, Yeah. And in a larger picture, right, you're actually reducing the value of intelligence. It it can't be that you watch a Nolan movie and you become a movie expert. Okay? This is coming out of my experience of my conversations with people who have described movies, right? Okay. So, like, if you... I mean, the whole art of direction is not about complicating it, you know, in a way. The art of direction is as it can be as simple as being a very good storyteller, mm. right? Mm. But then you see all these upcoming short film directors or, you know, these artists or creative people who now have gone into a different line in trying to complicate a, a, the format oh, of storytelling, okay, okay. Mm. right? And, and I feel a lot of this is because of the way Nolan makes movies. Yeah, but so if you look you at and I'm, di- I'm like, moving out of the yeah. whole movie concept and how we evaluate Nolan as a director and his skill set and etc. McNulty, uh, I'm not too fast for you, right? You're able to get me. <laughs> okay, because I see you kind of taking <laughs> right your head and dozing off. But, but, you know, and I see that is an aftermath of what Nolan's movies do. Mm. You know, like... At some point, the audience should be like, hey, okay, fine. You know, I respect this guy's complexity and and that's it. I leave it to the screen. My problem of that thing being taken out of the theater or whatever. And then people trying to implement it mm. and they go into this whole bubble of 
I'm a supremely intelligent guy because I figured out what Inception movie is about. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm. Su- it's just like the reading, yeah. uh, the reader's paradox. I don't know what it is called. You read like a, you li- read like a Ayn Rand, and you're like, dude, I, I'm a, I'm an excellent reader. Like, I can understand any fucking shit that happens in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of get that air or you know that kind of an attitude, mm-hmm. right? You see that in readers. Yeah, you start to. Sound like an elitist, yeah, like yeah. Exactly. only I can understand. Wrap Somebody my head around. Robin yeah. Cook, Robin no, Sharma, I get that. Who's that? The guy who sold his Ferrari. Yeah, Robin I don't know who the fuck it. Oh, the idiot. Alchemist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alchemist is another big victim of you know mm. is a culprit of producing idiots, right? Uh, Catcher in the Rye is a culprit of producing serial killers. Similarly, like when I when I look at guys who say like, "Hey, I'm a Nolan fan," I don't fall for it immediately anymore because. Mm. And because it can also be because of my stand that I still don't consider Nolan to be one of the greatest directors. Is he a great scriptwriter? Yes, he is undoubtedly. Like I don't think anybody can come up with the kind of concepts and scripts that Nolan comes up with. But is he a great director? Only to the point to convey this concept. Mm. But as a whole of a movie, you know, uh, in, in the world of movies, there's still a lot of guys who do a much better job overall. You know, That's- so. That's exactly what I feel. Uh, you know, Kubrick had as a handicap, which is, and he never cared for it. Yeah. He was just concerned about yeah. the story and the concepts and all that stuff, the screenplay. He never really cared that his characters were two-dimensional, and I think that's maybe another page that Nolan needs to take out of uh, his book, which is stop trying to care. Like Interstellar, you're trying to tell me, oh, this whole thing happened because love. You know, even if he if he, if you would have just not verbalized it to say that yeah, love is the yeah. fifth dimension, yeah. just show it. You know, that's good enough. I get it. Yeah, show and tell, right? I, like he has. I get to, that so for some reason. Yeah, the father has this amazing connection with his daughter. You know, that's transcending right. uh, space and time. I can get that, but to say to make them open their mouth and say, "Oh, it's love," you know, and it's yeah. like, ah, oh, yeah, just or or even the message that I no. got before that dreadful dialogue came into reality was love needs sacrifice you know like his his daughter waited till she grew old and was about to die while this guy comes back as a young guy mm-hmm. or the same age and then he leaves again right the message that i was getting up till that point was you know love is about sacrificing also you know it's it's a very cliched message but it almost yeah. conveyed that. Yeah, it's good that he didn't say that also. As yeah, like, dialogue. love is the fifth dimension <laughs> and we need sacrifice to attain the fifth dimension. Yeah. But but that was a problem. That was a yeah. problem that I was seeing. And, and you know, people come out and, and that's exactly what I'm saying. See, when, when you can't relate to a character, right? And when you're forced to relate to the story or the concept, which is so beyond our, you know, aptitude... Mm. The problem that happens is, oh, just by understanding this movie, which can be either done by yourself by following the movie and watching it like 20 times, or it can happen by speaking to a guy like McNulty, who will probably give you, so entropy of the movie is blah, 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 and they'll get the blah, 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 and they don't understand what entropy is, which is how the blah, blah, blah is defined. And they they basically are like, yo, now I'm like a super intelligent guy, uh-huh. right? And that's my problem with Nolan movies. You can't take his movies too seriously as much as you want yeah. to. Because if you, if you do do take them too seriously, then there's a very good chance that you go on into the rabbits. What is that? Rabbit hole? Hole of rabbit? Rabbit hole. Okay, rabbit hole. But, but 
plot, uh, contrary to your what you're saying, mm-hmm. you can actually trace the plot points. Like you can write it down on paper. It'll, it'll probably feel like writing a thesis down. And you can chart the course of characters through time, backwards, forwards, whatever. It'll still more or less add up. Which is what right? I'm saying. Like, it is for the toppers of the class. Yeah. That's what toppers do. They come out, <laughs> yeah. they discuss the question paper yeah. and make sure that they're answering the right down. <laughs> Yeah. Like who would for me it's an activity it's yeah. like solving sudoku or, or whatever so so what i want to tell you from my personal experience mm-hmm. why i enjoy him as a computer programmer um it actually his movies remind me of a concept right. called recursion mm-hmm. i don't know if you guys heard hey, of it yeah, or whatever yeah, everything. So reco- everything. <laughs> yeah so so recursion is, is a, a paradigm or yeah, it's it's a construct in programming where a function, like when you define a function, like the function does like a bunch of steps, right? right? Like it does adds a plus b, divides four from three, whatever. So when it gets to a point in the program that it doesn't know what the answer to it is, it can often rely on itself mm-hmm. to calculate the previous answer. Okay. So if, I don't know if you guys remember Fibonacci series. Yeah, yeah. But Fibonacci series is like, yeah, what is f f of five? Right. Well, I don't know. I, I need to know f of four and f of three. Okay. Right? And then when you go to f of four and you be like, hey, what's your answer? Like, I don't know. I have to ask f of three right. and f of two. Right. Right. So you can trace yourself to the recursion mm-hmm. and then you ultimately hit a base case. And then the base case always has the answer. So the base case for uh, Fibonacci series is like f of zero is one. Right. That's like a... Truthism, it never changes. Right. So based on that, you can construct the rest of the world. Right. So for Nolan, it's like, if you observed in Tenet, they get to the point where Denzel's kid, the protagonist, mm-hmm. gets held up in like this dungeon where the Russian is on the other side. Right. Yeah. Right? Like he brings his wife into it and then he asks him like backwards in time, like he's threatening him where the bomb is and everything. Yeah. That's actually the starting point of the movie. Like, if you trace it back, you get to that point and you're like, like, this is a circular reference. Mm. You can't go backwards from this. Like, that's like the starting point, so to speak. And it's a small loop in itself. Like, he leaves that room with his wife, goes on out onto the street and has that reverse car chase, mm. right? Right. And, and then he comes back in there. Like, it doesn't, like, it's like a circle yeah. that doesn't leave. Like, so you begin to wonder, like the character in Memento. Am I being chased or am I chasing someone? Like you don't right, know. Right, right. And like that's the allure for me. It's like, oh, how do I find the origin point? Am I in a recursion state? Like am I just like self-referential? So it just makes me like think and I feel dumb and then I start to trace it back and then I, I'm like, oh, okay, this can actually, he's, he's not like a bunch of mumbo jumbo he's just throwing at you. It can be verified if you put it down. Mm. And um, it just makes me think outside the box and leaves me uh, with more to think about once I've left the theater. Basically. But he's also worked... Apart from the spectacle. Right, but he's also working on a few assumptions yeah. in that movie, especially because if... Oh, for sure. If you go back yeah. and trace it to... Yeah. The protagonist is supposed to have sent Neil back to the past to help him yeah. achieve this mission. Yeah. Then the question is, yeah. in the future, his mission is already achieved, right? You know, That's like, a time why would he send... Need, why would he have the need to send... It is a time paradox. Yeah. So Th- that's what makes you question the origin of the whole the thing. Is like, what is Tenet. Yeah. That's the entropy you know, of There's a time paradox which was not solved. And he kind of assumed that there is no time paradox. Just and this is exactly my yes. point. You know, 
among you know in, among both of you who are reasonably you know uh, realistic about your understanding of the movie mm-hmm. you kind of attack it in a in a in a in a sensible way right you kind of approach it in a sensible way now say a guy who doesn't know there is a time paradox or who doesn't understand the concept of how time functions in general when they watch when that person watches tenet he's like this is a supremely intelligent thing mm. you know they 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 fall they're gullible right they fall for whatever is coming in and now they take it out and start putting it out to more people yeah. and you're making more dickheads who don't understand that oh there's a time paradox <laughs> um, you know and yeah. this is unfortunately the reality unfortunately if you're if yeah. we are living in a we are in a, living in a time when karan johar's larger than life movies make more sense right and people aspire to be those kind of students i've known cousins of mine friends younger brothers who who are going into college you are one of those idiots yeah who wanted to go yeah. into the college thinking college will be like a fantastic world yeah and you was pre- you yeah. got influenced by prema desam for crying out loud yeah i was in a boarding right? school so, i have no, i had no idea how it was as oh, that's new yeah, yeah. <laughs> right so and that's exactly yeah. my point like yeah. these guys try to yeah. get these things take up you know these yeah. threads and try to implement them into their art form mm. you are skipping the fundamentals yeah. of direction you're skipping the fundamentals of what is the art of movie making or what is the art of storytelling even basic and that's that is presumptuous if a, if, if someone like a, uh, i don't know who's a good director here uh, or let 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 it be who's a new director someone like a key and peel mm. right what is his full name key regan or keegan michael jordan keegan, right keegan, yeah. yeah so keegan do you follow key and peel go subscribe right now i no, do no. yeah okay yes so i do i am someone a fan. like yeah. keegan <laughs> looks at nolan right you try to understand where he starts understanding nolan from or what does he take it away he take away right and more or less he'll be about 8 out of 10 times he'll be on the right track but if you take like a uh, karan johar and say like what do you what do you learn about nolan's movies what would you want to take away something horrible would be there like the output would be you know is ridiculous and that's the problem with great i mean similar to what what you mentioned about kubrick right the handicap that they live with and i'm not saying it's completely their mistake because that's the kind of genius that they bring on no but that was the point i was trying to make which is kubrick has this handicap but still is arguably again that word the best director ever uh but also you have someone like david fincher now david fincher's characters also his world his characters they're cold they're antisocial you know it's it's not really right. a place of warmth a fincher movie Mm. But you still, it's dark yeah, yeah, but it's, you still get no. into it. Can you give it. me an example of Fincher's movie? Gone Girl, Fight Club. Oh, okay. So, you know, y- you still get into it and you still care about the story, mm. you still want to know where it's going. Yeah. Uh so I mm. just feel that Nolan if he just takes a leaf out of Fincher's book and Kubrick's book, yeah. Stop mm. caring about the emotion and the dramatics when it's not really your forte. Yeah. You're all about the concepts. Mm. Just keep keep yeah. it about the concept. Don't care so much about all this. moshi stuff it's not really right. a thing yeah and that that's it he'll be right. in the same league is what i feel yeah that's but don't you don't you guys think that he did an awesome job with emotion in dark knight trilogy uh i felt only like he, in the dark knight it, movie i liked and yeah, yeah. also inception and memento and yeah. prestige I prestige yes movies. that's 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 half his movies though, yeah but right like, that's what i'm saying inception, he did do it so. yeah. inception was still like okay uh i could kind of no you you cared 
you you cared about what happened with Leo and his wife, yeah. right? Like that's that no, whole thing. No, that's what I, I, I did. Okay, yeah. I did. In my so, case, oh, you yeah. didn't. So oh. in, in Dark Knight, okay. especially, right? Not even yeah. like Batman Begins or you know uh, Rises. the Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Rises, but in Dark Knight specifically, yeah. and that too because of I think the overwhelming performance of the Joker. right how joker literally mm. forces batman and the and the and you know harry or who's the whatever uh the two face mm. right when he forces him and making mm. he was explicit explicitly making tough giving them tough choices from the word go right if you don't come i'm going to kill every one guy every four your hours. girlfriend yeah then i'm going to kill your girlfriend and then i'm going to kill yeah. you so and so whatever yeah. right and the immorality that joker bought out you could almost sense mm. that batman was helpless right batman didn't know yeah. at what level yeah. his immorality will stop and it was not stopping yeah so and that's again like i said it yeah. might also be it is great direction nevertheless so there you I, you could relate with it same thing in momento the the guy who's i don't know what is the guy guy pierce guy pierce right mm. Guy Pierce's whole ambiguity of what the fuck is happening, and also you can say that the way the story was told, it was not told in like a, it was very sporadic, right? Sometimes it's happening, sometimes mm. not happening, whatever. You could, you can kind of connect with the character and kind of go with his emotion rather than what the story has to say. So you are kind of going through the waves of the story through that character, right? Right. And that's what great movies are about. You connect to one character, and then you experience the story. that's what great directors do and that's how i see a good movie mm. right so that's the beauty of direction according to me right the beauty of direction is you stick to a character and then you go through the story through the character you kind of experience the story through the character the easiest thing to do is connect with an emotion or relatability right how do you create relatability between you and an actor is you relate it through whatever emotions he's going through or or whatever circumstances yeah. is going through mm. it's basically character establishment the way you establish the character is how you kind of connect to that character and that i feel is missing in nolan's movies in majority of them momento there was dark knight there was mm. but in the rest of the movies i have to watch like half a movie to actually like okay now i'm into the story i found that in prestige as well that i that could really the connection yeah with who michael payne christian bale or hugh jackman uh it or, was or with- who that scarlet johnson i think it was more with hugh jackman i think because it was just his uh, the jealousy that yeah. envy he had he was yeah. not able to give it up like it was yeah, like the ambitiousness uh, yeah ambitiousness he right. just couldn't get mm. over the fact that yeah. maybe christian bale is more naturally gifted to the yeah. art form than he yeah. is he right. just digest that fact that yeah. he's right. a better magician than him of course and he was like he kill he like cuts his thumb yeah. off or yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah something happens that to twins, his double right yeah, yeah. like yeah so yeah, he, he could never get yeah. that uh that extra thing that yeah. you know bale had and that's what i yeah. so i really looked at it through hugh jackman's lens because okay. i thought it was yeah. more about him right right it was just he, his mm. inability to focus on the art form himself and right. he's rather focusing on his rival right and what he's doing right right but also the, there right. is a soft right. spot that uh, tesla is part of the movie and yeah David he right. David Bowie yeah. to yeah. play Tesla. I mean, just like a double, yeah, double whammy. It's like yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's hard to miss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, I actually felt that emotion in in Interstellar too between the the daughter and Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. I found that really really uh, endearing, like how they 
you know, kept that relationship beyond time yeah. and how he was helping her through the future. Yeah. But I think and it, she, that that little girl had something. Don't you, know? you think it was easier for Matthew McConaughey to like keep a track of it? Because according to him, he was spending a day at max in by traveling in space. Mm. But for the girl, it was like some 40 years. And half of the time... No, but even before they leave, right? Even before they leave, they're doing scientific experiments. Ah, And she comes to him and she says, oh, I think there's a poltergeist. Uh, There's like a ghost. And he's like, no, there's no ghost. Like scientific method and all that. So he develops it even before... I saw that father-daughter relation in Transformers between Mark Wahlberg and... uh, Oh, my God. (laughs) Someone else. The girl who played (laughs) his daughter when they were like fighting... Nolan and and Michael... Uh, like the opposite end of the spectrum. But yeah, that's the that was the frustrating part about Interstellar. Like the whole relation between father and daughter was developed well. It was there to see. Yeah. Still felt a need to like yeah. verbalize and actually say, "Oh my god." Yeah, and cry like for five oh, minutes yeah. straight. Yeah. I'm like, how much are you crying, dude? Yeah. Like Kubrick would have turned in yeah. his grave like every second of that crying. Like, what <laughs> are you like, doing? Like not yeah. that much, not that much. <laughs> oh, god. Yeah, but I think he would have been proud of the Tesseract. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the way he. That that was sure. something. Tesseract and the black yeah. hole. Yeah. Is well. Black hole. I think I was more impressed. Yeah, with yeah, black, black hole because that's actually true to scientific yeah. uh, equations and the theoretical physics. True. They built it out in a separate software. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. And I, then yeah. Kipthorn ended up yeah. making, uh, writing a what do you call that official scientific uh, journal on it. Yeah, on thesis. The thesis. Mm. On, yeah, a paper. Yeah. So that's crazy. Nice. But that's about the bane of Nolan's from my side. Um, I don't think I can't think of anything else beyond the fact of how he talks. But now I'm getting into his personality, and I'll no, no, let's not get into his personality. Yeah, but only <laughs> yeah. for his output and his art form. Uh, whether I would want to put him among the greatest directors that I've come across, I don't know. Maybe I still feel there's something a little amiss in how he kind of goes about, mm. you know, portraying his movies, which kind of. Which kind of holds me back to say that, yeah, he's one of the greatest. Yeah, characters. I just feel if he embraces Fincher, Kubrick a little bit more mm. and sticks to his strengths, yeah. then he would really cement his place. Or or not think about a concept for if 20 not years. Every movie. Like, <laughs> I mean, if, okay. if, he yeah. about, if he stops thinking about one single script for 20, 25 years, uh, I think he'll do <laughs> a lot better. Let, let leave... Leave something for luck. Let let him leave something for destiny. Let me see how this turns out. Like if he can just be a little. He's all uh, yeah, yeah. He's like this calculating character, yeah. right? He's always in a like a suit and a tie, yeah, yeah. and he's wearing those long pea coats. Yeah. And even Leo is like that, dressed like yeah, that. Yeah. All his characters are kind of dressed prim and proper. Yeah. No one's wearing like a torn jeans like Bogus is, right? Yeah. Like it's like come on. I mean, if yeah. you give chance, if Nolan falls for the VFX, <laughs> yeah. I think every character in Nolan's movies yeah. will look like Nolan. <laughs> because I think that's how he yeah. kind of visualizes the script. Like, I am playing A B C D character, talking to B character who's also me. Right. So yeah. I was just going to ask you, uh, McNulty, if you had, if there was anything that we didn't discuss, you know, if the, if you had anything else that we didn't cover. Um, I think we pretty much dotted all the eyes. Uh, in terms of okay. Danes, for sure, and even Boons no, as well. From your perspective, like, do mm. you have anything else that you want to add about Nolan or tell about no. Nolan? Not that I can... Oh, yeah. Um, the one thing I can maybe probably address is his first movie, 
the following. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know we didn't like talk about it at all, but it was like a one hour movie that was shot in black and white. But mm-hmm. if you go back and watch it, you could probably understand Nolan's like first principles, like how he like through the protagonist. Um, so basically I'll, I'll kind of say the story in, in a one liner. Um, and there, I, I'm sure you guys don't care about spoilers because it's like such an old movie. But yeah, it's an old movie. Yeah. Yeah. So this it's just like one guy who's a writer and he's observing people on the street mm-hmm. because he wants inspiration to write write about something. So he mm-hmm. starts following this one guy who seems very curious, and turns out that that guy is a thug and an actual like a burglar and a thief. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ends up i don't want to spoil the full movie if you guys ever want to watch it but ends up that uh the protagonist thinks he's tracking this guy mm-hmm. but it turns out that the 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 guy the, the the guy that he's following is actually um using him for another ulterior motive so he's part of the oh, plan so sort of there's a loop here as well yeah exactly yeah 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 and okay. um and the reason I don't think anyone in the interwebs made this connection, but when I watched it, it looked very similar to uh, a recent Tamil movie that I watched, which, again, was a revelation. Uh, it's called Jigar Tanda. I don't know if you guys know. Yeah, I've heard Jigar the name. Tanda. I yeah. Haven't it. yeah. It's, again, yeah. like when I, I put two and two together, when I watched this movie, I'm like, this resembles the following. Only an idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. the execution was completely different. So I don't. I, I feel like your uh, audience might be really curious to decide, sort of watch those two movies and like see the the parallelism. Um, but Do you think it's a it's a bit like uh, Coppola, where the first movie they made is slightly off their usual, you know, what followed? Like he made the conversation, and then he yeah. came out with Godfathers and Apocalypse Nows and all that stuff. Yeah, is Nolan also a little bit like that, or is it more in line no, with his Nolan usual? I think Nolan was always in line with whatever uh, you know trademark he had. I am just saying that I saw these elements in his first movie, like where okay, okay, it's it's never simple. It's never the the plot's never simple. Yeah. yeah, it's right. never straightforward. And you think you're doing something, and you're following the protagonist, but something else ends up happening to the protagonist. And this oh. non-linear narration is still there in following. Okay. And he has this obsession with the burglars and thieves, which mm-hmm. goes back to the following as well. And that, right. that, that's there in Inception, that's there in Tenet, right? Like the, the whole something is stolen, we need to recover it. Or, right. He um, also has an obsession with muffled masks. Like yeah. Characters wearing masks and speaking, yeah. mumbling to it. Uh, you can barely hear the dialogue. It probably likes BDSM with uh, guys wearing masks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want, I, I, now that you say yeah. that, yeah. I wonder how long Nolan takes to wear his pants. Maybe if his pants are also like you tie up on the top, the bottom gets like fallen or something. Well, like he takes them off first. Circulars. Then he wears them. Sorry? He takes them off first. Uh-huh. Then he wears it's them. It's a loop. It's a loop. It's a loop. Yeah. a director's paradox like if you keep hitting that same tone or same trademark of oh i'll give you a plot twist mm-hmm. you almost as an audience you go into the movie anticipating that yeah this like i let me figure out which is the twist 
right i'll figure the out the shamalan effect Mm, yeah. Sorry, this M Night Shyamalan effect. We are editing this. We don't understand. We are editing. Rangasthala, are you fucking editing? <laughs> <laughs> you think they're gonna keep Rangasthala? Me? <laughs> 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 so oh my God! So nice. It's it's an episode about Christopher Nolan. Let's talk about Ram Charan Tej, Prakash Raj. <laughs> hey, we are catering to the massive Indian audience, so right, we have right. to bring in some Indian Indianness into this. Of okay? course, but I do like Sukumar. He's made some really good movies. Yeah, one or two of them, mm. I think. But uh, yeah, uh, final words, uh, McNally. Your honor yeah. as final a guest, take on Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. Going forward, what do you think? And why did you go see? take so long to pee? If you can just, you know, <laughs> fulfill that curiosity of us. If you ours. can come connect this to, yeah, connect yeah. those two. I had to also <laughs> pinch a loaf, which I didn't tell you. <laughs> That's okay. why it took long. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, final parting words, Nolan. Yeah, man, I, he's definitely for me. Um, the kind of things that he brings in into one movie is like. You know, a smorgasbord of different ca- uh, concepts. Um, like I said, mm-hmm. I hammered. I think that I hammered that point enough. But um, yeah, it's it's hard to do what he does in the time allocated. Sometimes it almost feels like he can break up what he's trying to say into two movies. But nonetheless, he he puts it all into a two and a half hour movie, and it still plays out pretty well. So I think I, I lean more more towards Boone because he's definitely pushed the the edges of filmmaking. Uh, like all and, said and done so and he's definitely want to oh, sorry go yeah ahead. go ahead let him talk bogus i was just asking let him yeah. talk. what would you what do you hope to see from him going forward I, right. I actually am really really curious to see him do a light-hearted movie like that's something that he hasn't he's a, done he's a big fan of comedy it's weird that is, yeah and and clearly he hasn't had the balls to attempt it because it's yeah, not yeah. easy it's, it's not easy to do yeah, yeah. it's not easy yeah, not easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're asking the right set of people. You've come to the right guys. I don't know about that, guys. I think it comes pretty naturally to you. Like, I can't keep a straight face on. Well, you guys are cracking jokes. So it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see that from him. Um, I mean, even if it fails, uh, even if he fails, I still think that it would have, you know, be a bold attempt on his part. And I would have, yeah. I would appreciate him for all the more for it. So, yeah. For trying, yeah. For a guy yeah. who pushes the envelope uh, yeah. quite a lot, I think yeah. it won't be surprising to see him go down that route because he's been asked that question in interviews as well. Like, when do you think you you might try a hand at comedy? Mm. Uh, because he's a he's a huge fan yeah. of comedy. Yeah, I think uh, unanimously all the directors agree that comic genre is one of the toughest to like mm. you know yeah. tell a story about. Right, it, it's a toughest narrative tone. So yeah. I'm sure, like every actor, every director always kind of looks up to that genre, you know, as a whole. Mm. But at the same time, I also think that there's a comfort zone for a lot of directors, right? Right, like any actor, also right. it goes yeah. for everybody, in fact. And and that and Nolan's comfort zone is, I think, he needs to find it as challenging as it's possible. Mm. It possibly can get. so that he gets con- convinced about it and goes in, into it with full conviction he looks like a guy who's a conviction guy right. if he's not really having that conviction he may not like put his hands in it so and and when you're that kind of a person it gets very tricky to take you out of your comfort zone and then make you do something mm. and this is my thing i never expect people to you know uh 
I don't see there is a need to move out and do everything. Okay. You yeah. Know, if he's if they're they're happy at if they're delivering whatever they're delivering in the space where they think they can deliver the best, that's about it. That's fine. Like you don't have to be jack of all trades or like yeah. Especially as a director, you don't have to prove a lot. Right? But if he's gonna if he's gonna keep making more of tenets, then I'd rather him pivot into something different, yeah. right? Like you don't want him Which to. Which is what I'm saying. I yeah. think it's too early to do that. Uh, mm. To expect that he might come up with too many tenets, or he might repeat this again and again, or he's on the downside, mm. whatever it is, until unless he actually comes up with it. I think if you are consistently falling down or digressing, or like, what do you call? Instead of progress, what is the opposite? Digress. Regress. 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 Yeah. Like if he's consistently regressing in his output mm-hmm. after say like four or five movies, then we can be like, okay, fine. You know what? Yeah, yeah, this guy course. has to like rethink what he's doing. But with with one tenet which is completely off mark and a decent like a meh Dunkirk where it was a bold attempt of covering three wars happening in three different levels like sea, water water, land, and air, yeah. and then trying to convey something about, yeah. or give a feel of what was happening. Uh, rest of his attempts were predominantly successful, right? There's nothing much that you can pick on unless, like, if you're looking at it, I mean, if you are forced to be critical about it, until unless then, you really can't pick on anything beyond the fact that he's very complex and his complicated storylines. Mm-hmm. So it's too early to say, like, Nolan will go down the rabbit hole or anything. Mm-hmm. But off the bat, I find Nolan to be one of the guys who... In who's only invest himself in something with hundred percent conviction, and it's very very difficult for someone like that person to actually just do something for the fuck of it. They are not guys who do it for the fuck of it. They are not. They are not like Adam Sandler, right? I mean, just to give you a Hollywood parallel, Adam Sandler has done comedy, 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 and suddenly he's like, okay, fine, for the fuck of it, I'll let me do two serious roles, right? Let me see how people accept me in, in those loins in mm-hmm. those characters that that kind of buffer i don't think directors keep for themselves you know that's why you have a specialist director for comedy movies you have specialists for action movies you have specialists for because they understand that that vibe of that genre which is what really sets kubrick apart because yeah, almost he, every he went, movie that he did is, is different yeah. going into different genres yeah and so and how many yeah. directors of of the cadre of kubrick do you find it's very few yeah, did John Lucas go into comedy? I don't think so. Mm. Did Steven Spielberg go into comedy? I don't think so. I mean, like, he has yeah. comedy in bits and pieces, but like an out-and-out comedy movie? Mm. Quentin Tarantino, yes, he has comedy bits, but he's, he's like a tongue-in-the-cheek kind of a director, but he's not like out-and-out comedy. Yeah. Right? So very, very few directors and hardly like handful of directors who I know who actually go into an all-and-out comedy to all-out horror to... I, that's why I'm saying Ram Gopal Varma for me is that guy. Mm. He goes into like very serious movies. He does those. Then he comes out and does something like Shanakshanam. Yeah. And then he comes out and does something like Mani. And then he comes out and does something like Rangila, which is a fucking uh, serious Ratri. movie. Ratri. Ratri, yeah. right? And there's very few people who can understand the nuances of different genres. Mm. And that's... That's the whole thing. So if Nolan will digress, I don't know. Mm. Do I want him to go try something else? I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I don't want mm-hmm. him to go try. Let him do what he's good at, which is mm. delivering concepts which you otherwise can't think of. Right? Mm. I'm ready to, even if he's going to give me a tenet, I'm okay with it. Like, I fuck it. Like, he's tried it. It's not come off. Fair enough. Mm. Right? The only thing that I want him to do, for sure, is probably in the same tone of his concepts, Throw, show the concepts through people. 
more than the concept of okay. Bitcoin, which is again going back to the point that I was mentioning. I want to see more of Dark Knight kind of a flavor where I can relate to the character like that. That's the only thing. The only change, if I want something from Nolan, uh, that is the only change. Okay. But if he's to the whole premise of this episode, like, is he one of the greatest directors? Not yet. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's a wrap. Lucas, what's your take? Hello. Don't show Lucas. What is your take? Tell me. Come on. Tell me. I think, I, I think we covered this, which is, I do think he's uh, one of the great mm-hmm. directors uh, for the reasons that he keeps pushing envelopes and that's why I find myself expecting that he will try a horror film soon. He will try, maybe a comedy is a far shot, but uh, horror might be something that he probably will get into. And uh, yeah, yeah, where you feel that he should try to tell a story through the lens of the characters more, develop his characters more. I feel like that's his, his, it's out of his comfort zone. So I'd rather him go. No, David, not. no I'd rather him it, go the enough. route of David Fincher or Kubrick, which is just stick to your strengths. Uh, if it's not character uh, building or character development, then let's just stick to the story because there have been examples of directors who have really done great things, mm-hmm. and still their characters were just two-dimensional. So, yeah. But let me give you some words of wisdom, Bogus. Mm-hmm. If someone keeps pushing the envelope. Mm-hmm. He'll become a postman. Wonderful. I think we can uh, close <laughs> we on can that. End on that b- b- yeah, we, can, we can end on that uh, pearl of wisdom there. Yeah. Uh, so that was the bane of Christopher Nolan. Uh, huge thanks to McNality for joining us this episode. Thank you, McNality. Your donation of three rupees will be sent to you. <laughs> Pleasure's all mine. Sent back to you in a loop. To in a loop. You. So yeah. I send it. it I send it back to you guys. Then you send it again, and then. You know, exactly. We'll keep at it. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. no, no. You feel that it will come to you. Yeah. But, but it's you, actually... It will never come to you. Yeah, it will never come Let's put it on a blockchain and then let's make mm-hmm. sure that, you know, the hashes... Don't make it don't corporate know. now, okay? <laughs> it's already a bad... I'm just let's making it complicated. The, uh, as, yeah, let's uh, not get into what does. the entropy of a blockchain is. <laughs> it's just uh, it's just getting more and more complicated. But Shit, I uh, don't even know one complicated word to add to this <laughs> conversation. <laughs> But yeah, McNally, yeah, it's been always a blast uh, chatting movies with you and yeah. I'm sure people listening can see why. Yeah. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us for this uh, episode. And uh, for anyone who's listening, why do I keep saying that? Bro? You have a good point. I don't know why do you do a lot of things in this podcast, but you know, you're not one for <laughs> listening to good advice. Tell us what you thought or what you think of Christopher Nolan and uh, did you agree or disagree with all of the subjective perspectives that you heard on this episode, write to us at mindthygap at gmail.com. It'd be great to hear from you guys. And be like McNality. Give us some constructive feedback once in a while. Just, <laughs> just don't listen for, you know, for free and then just fuck off. What do you say, Brute? I say, guys, what are you doing with your free time? Exactly. Just write to us. Call Bogus. Irritate him. <laughs> but, yeah, at the end of the episode, as we always like to say... Thigh gap. Subscribe. And share. Thanks, guys. You're supposed to say thigh gap, subscribe, and I'm supposed to say and share. Fuck it, we'll end it on that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) All right, I'm I'm ending the recording. And you're a professional podcaster, fucker. 
Hey, thanks for listening. You can follow this podcast on Spotify to get notified of new episodes every Thursday. We're also on Apple Podcasts for those of you who have partaken in the forbidden fruit. If you liked what you heard, leave us a five-star rating and a comment. Say anything like the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog. A rating and a comment really helps us out. It's free, and I'm told that's a great price. But enough about us, huh? Tell us about yourself. Leave us a comment. Our Twitter is at thigap, and we are underscore thigap on Instagram.